Oh my god, it's like when you go to buy a new um like train pass, you know, like a subway pass, oh, and you like push a button and it's actually the one below it. <gasps> Welcome back to another episode of the Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan, a.k.a. The Raj Nation. I am your show's host, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Martin McGovern, a.k.a. Marty McFly. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the only show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions. The questions that help us all better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. In this episode, we sit down with a new friend of ours. Her name is Sam Aberman. She is a swing performer in the Chicago production of the Hamilton Musical. That's our second Hamilton guest of this season, which means it's another hashtag Hamilcast. With Sam, I'm so excited to bring you this conversation because it was so good. We talk about a topic that is meaningful to the three of us, and that is this topic of patience. Specifically, we ask the question, how do you be patient? Before we dive into the conversation, I want to give you a reminder and invitation to join our tribe of amazing people, of awesome people, if you will, over at www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Enter your email address and you will never miss an episode of this show. While you're on the site, you can also check out our over 70 episode archive of great episodes. All right, let's dive into our conversation now with Sam Aberman, recorded backstage of the Hamilton Musical in Chicago, asking, how do you be patient? Let's listen in. Given the nature specifically of my job, it's a lot of persistence and a lot of waiting. So the hard thing is is finding that balance of knowing that you're going in the right direction and making sure that you're heading to where you want to be. So for me, it's been a zigzaggy path of how I've ended up here. Um, I mean, for one example, I was working at a law firm before I was doing this. So it's and I went to an open call, and that's how I ended up here. So it was one of those insane circumstances that sometimes it comes out of the blue. But really, I was in L.A. for three years, auditioning, running, hitting my head against a wall. And that's something that only the love of what you do gets you past that point. Because otherwise, why keep doing <laughs> it? Because it's just miserable. And for me now, um, my job is a swing, which basically means that I'm not on stage most nights, but I cover five different people. So it's a lot of sitting around, a lot of waiting, and all of us want to perform. All of us want to be on stage and want to be doing what we came here to do, and yet it was like years of waiting to get to this point, and then you still have to cool your heels even when you're here. And that's the most, I think, like the biggest lesson for me personally is being able to sit and wait and be okay with that that time, that marinating, that like incubation period of realizing that like this time is really good and I am so grateful that I'm a swing. I just went on for my third person yesterday. Awesome. And it's one of those things I learned her in a week. 
in what universe did I ever think that that was like humanly possible to be able to just like hop up and be another person and wing it and surrender into that. And being patient has taught me that ability to trust myself and trust the process and trust what I'm doing and that the show will guide me where I need to be. But that is a constant, that is an active choice. Like I have to actively remind myself to like breathe into that discomfort because it blows otherwise <laughs> <laughs> okay take us through the working at the law firm to then the open casting call journey um so i had moved to la i it takes a really kind of funny background um i have a degree in applied physiology and kinesiology so exercise science basically and law, naturally naturally absolutely <laughs> So I ended up uh, working Laws as a trainer. Yeah, yeah. Aha. There it is. Uh, so I ended up working at um, Crunch Gym. The you know they had one in LA when I had moved there. So I was like, I might as well. I have a degree. Might as well use it. <laughs> um, and I didn't. I'm not a salesperson. It is not my gift. And so I ended up working for this like chocolate company. But my boyfriend at the time was running the gym that I was working at. And so this family friend was someone, you know, that I, he was opening a gym. And so I put him in touch. It was the most ridiculous scenario that I was running operations for this chocolate company and I was looking for more work because it just wasn't enough hours. And so this guy reached out and he's like, hey, we're needing some help at the firm if you have any hours. And I was like, perfect. I really need the hours right now. And so I ended up working with him for a year and a half and luckily, my manager, it was commercial real estate, and I did, like, paralegal admin work. And the girl that was my manager directly was also an actress, a uh, performer. And so I found out about this audition. My friend Leah, who actually lives here in Chicago, uh, follows Questlove. <laughs> and Questlove had posted about it on his Instagram. <laughs> and so she texted to me, and she was like, you need to go to this. And I give her full credit for that <laughs> luckily it came up on backstage like a week later this like website that all of us subscribe to for mm -hmm. auditions and so I knew it was legitimate and so I told my manager I was like hey there's this audition I really want to go to and she was like all right you can take the day and so I went and it was like 11 o'clock and went I was like I'll be back by three it's okay of course not absolutely <laughs> it was like an open call like 300 people I didn't end up oh leaving my God. <laughs> So it was amazing because I got kept after the first round and then got kept after the second round. They said, we want you to come back tomorrow, which was the invited call, which I met Amber, uh -huh. which was just such a crazy. And uh, Aaron, who's another one of our swings. So I met them the next day in L.A. at the invited call. And then it was just <sighs> months, you know, and then another month until I heard about the next callback. And then another oh month gosh. until I found out I found, got the job. So it's just. That is why it is the theme of Vicious. Yeah. <laughs> because imagine, you know, you're sitting there. I, I remember I listened to the music. I knew about the audition two weeks ahead of time. So I was like, I'm going to know all. I'm going to listen to the music so I'm familiar with it. So I know what's happening. And, of course, you fall in love with it the moment you start <laughs> listening just because it's so delicious. It's just so good. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. And so it was one of those things that I felt really prepared going into the audition, which... I have made the mistake many times before of not being as prepared as I could have been. So I was really happy that I had all of those failures <laughs> beforehand yeah. because I knew I had sheet music. I had everything like ready to go. Even if it wasn't perfect, it at least I had character sheets. I had all the, the right things with me mm -hmm. that I was prepared for whatever they were going to throw. 
So I was grateful for those three years of banging your head against a wall yeah. and strange auditions. Oh, but then even in that, which here, here that I find interesting is, like, you went in prepared. And I was, I was just reading an article recently. I can't remember where it was, but the, the writer or whomever it was, was, I think it was, he was quoting someone, was saying, you express the interest you have in something by the preparation you take for it. Mm. So, like, geez, I think he was talking about just, like, jobs in general. Like, you will let the employer know how much you want that job by how prepared you are for that interview. And that's kind of where you were at, was you came in knowing what was going on, you knew the songs, you already had, you had taken to it. And it's like, that's what you were expressing. To, you know, obviously you had the, the physical talent as well, but it's almost like what you're giving to them in that moment is, here's, you're, you're going to see my enjoyment of this music. Right. And that's what they're hiring you for. It's like everyone, you'll take, you need to have the baseline talent, and then from there, it's what are you able to bring to the table that is unique to you? Right. And that's kind of what, what people see is, is wow, like, she really likes this. Right. And that's what carries so, that, and that's, you know, in that patience, it's like, it's not patience and doing nothing. It's patience. And it's not like you were listening to Hamilton for like years before, right? Right, right. Obviously, it wasn't physically possible. But, because it hadn't been out for that long. But even in that two weeks of patience, or of waiting, right? right that's right. that's a patience game in its own. But it's it's a game, right? And in that game, what you're doing is you're playing that game. And to play that game, you are basically like doing your practice reps. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is a key piece. It's like patience doesn't mean sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. Like that's well, people think patience like just twiddling your thumbs, like crossing your legs, and being like, yeah, someday someone will pick me. <laughs> like, <laughs> nope. right? But it's it's a it's a perfect storm in the sense of like being as prepared as possible, being in the right place at the right time for the right job. And that's the hardest part is that's why some of it is just like faith and not necessarily religious faith, but just faith that you will end up in the right place. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest part because I, for years, I even took like chunks where it was just a hiatus from auditioning because it was exhausting. And so no, I wasn't booking anything because I wasn't even putting myself in that position. Yeah. But when I had started that year, when I started 2016, I was like, I'm going to be putting myself out there right now. Yeah. I'm like making that decision that I was going on calls. I was submitting myself. Like that was a decision that I had made because I was in the place that I was like, I am emotionally and physically and mentally prepared mm -hmm. to handle whatever is going to come. That it won't affect my person so greatly. Because sometimes if you're going into it with this that, that desperation of, I need this job. They can smell that mm -hmm. on you. And so it was such a beautiful position to like come into that with the, I am going to enjoy this for myself and not necessarily because I'm looking for something from you. Obviously, of course we wanted that job, but it was, it was one of those moments that between my background, I'm like a short, like Jewish hip hop dancer who happens to sing like in what universe does that make sense for anyone and so there's just most Broadway is like tall leggy girls and they've you know it's showgirly and you know things like that that's not what I'm built for so the fact that I this happened to be a show that existed for something that were my capabilities things that I happen to be good at was just one of those but being prepared and knowing that I had that skill set 
and having confidence in that skill set to say like whatever you give me I will be okay with mm -hmm. and I did a boot camp a month later where they they took a, a eight of us like a sample ensemble basically and taught us four numbers from the show so it was like an intensive with the associate like choreographer and the producers and the director like come in and watch us and it was one of those scenarios that you the only thing you can do is trust yourself and trust that you've prepared enough but if you've prepared enough I mean I think 20 something years of performing is enough, <laughs> enough <laughs> preparedness but like if you automatically come in but I think even if you don't know what you're doing be willing to be wrong you know to be willing to say I don't know the answer to that but I will find it out mm -hmm that I found to be like the thing I don't have to be perfect right now but I as long as I'm open to that criticism I think that helps because all of the people in this group are like that they all have that like malleability they're always learning yeah well in every show you have to you learn from what just happened right so like you all go yeah. through notes and everything at every single show so. right yeah. right and they're always improving and the people who are the most frustrating to work with are the ones who are like what do you mean my show is always perfect yeah. You don't want to work with people <laughs> like that. So what, it, but, oh, I found that to be such an interesting fit, that, like, fine line between, like, arrogance and confidence and still being willing to mold yourself, you know, because how hard do you need to stand firm in that? Have you watched Whiplash? Have you seen the movie? Parts. Okay. And I'm actually really pissed that I haven't seen the whole thing. But it was one of those things, you know, when you, like, flip to HBO. Yeah. And you're like, this is the end of the movie, but I don't want to watch the end of the movie. Yeah. I want to watch the beginning, so I'll watch it later, and then you never do. Yeah. So I rewatched it, like, three, four days ago. It's a fantastic movie. And that whole, basically the entire movie is about that line between arrogance and confidence and yeah. how much feedback are you willing to receive. Because it's all about the, or, uh, the band leader who is pushing his musicians to the brink of their physical and mental capabilities and finding out who is the toughest who can actually be in this jazz band, you know, in the university's jazz band, because the people who are in that are the ones who get picked to play at, like, Lincoln Center and, and Carnegie Hall and all right. that stuff. And you see the relationship... Um, what's the actor's name? The, the band... Uh, uh, the Yellow Eminem. <laughs> Is that him? Yeah. It is. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, and he's in the isn't he Spider Man? Farmers, Farmers commercials. Yeah, right? yeah, that yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles yeah. something is that right? Wait, wait. No, Miles is the Miles drummer. Teller, Teller, is that his name? That's the drummer guy. Oh, okay. That's the kid. But who's okay, the other so you've one? got Yellow Eminem and uh, <laughs> and uh, Miles. Yellow. <laughs> and the Yellow Eminem. I'm sure he would really appreciate that. <laughs> so that guy. So he's he's Santa. <laughs> I did not know that that was him. That's a story, right? And now right? No my idea. mind is exploding. Because now I'm picturing him in the movie, throwing a chair. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get it out of your head. You can't get it out of your head. Yellow he was in La La Land, too. Oh, okay. I still haven't seen that. Oh, I want to oh, see amazing. that. Yeah. All right, so anyways. Yeah. So this movie, Whiplash. You see this relationship, or lack of relationship, he builds with his musicians, and specifically with the drummer. who like He's the main character for all the drummer and the... What's the band leader? Like, what's their title director? called? Director. Music director? Yeah, music director, the music yeah. director. Um, and how far he's able to push the mm -hmm. kid and how but uh, how the kid starts pushing back. And it's such, it's this game of, like, of mental stability and how much mental toughness do you have. And even to the point of, like, physical toughness, because he's asking to, to drum so fast that his yeah, hands no, start bleeding. Absolutely not. No, but his hands start yeah. bleeding from holding the sticks uh, for so long and gripping them so hard. Um 
But one of the lines that he has, and I think we brought, we brought this up on an episode like a year ago, but he tells him the two most damaging words in the English language are good job. Mm, I remember that. And that, when I heard that line, that was something that just, it stuck with me because, and we specifically, us millennials, have the culture of like participation trophies and right. all that crap. <laughs> like I was, I was cleaning out uh, my brother's old bedroom like a year ago and I literally found a ribbon on his like trophy wall that said like, or it was a, it was a, it was a trophy actually, and it said like "Award for Participation in like 1994 Youth Basketball League," yep. and I was like, and "This is literally a participation yeah. trophy." <laughs> <laughs> but that's the type of stuff that um, the the participation awards, the the good job, the mm-hmm. pats on the back, etc. That's what doesn't breed patience because it tells you, "Hey, what you're doing right now is good, and it's good enough, and that's all you need to be is good enough." Versus the going back to whiplash the you know he sits with him for like three straight hours and he's like you're not playing this note correctly are you rushing or dragging get on my fucking time he tells him why do you suppose i just hurled a chair at your head neiman i i don't know sure you do the tempo were you rushing or were you dragging i i don't know start counting five six in four damn it look at me one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? Oh, no. Count again. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Rushing or dragging? Rushing. So you do know the difference. Finally, after three hours, he plays it correctly. He's like, all right, now we can start practice. Everyone else get the fuck in here. And it's like three in the morning at that point. And that's the type of stuff. Well, you know, that's a hyperbole to an extent where if you sit back and you're like okay things will come to me or yeah i can i can know the minimum that's enough that's where you never develop that sense of patience i don't think because you're used to it just being things will happen for me i don't have to make things happen for me and as long as i'm here what do they say showing up is half the battle it's like it's like showing up is all the battle right right which is absurd and that was something that I'm not going to lie and say that when I moved to L.A., I did not think it would be a different scenario. I, you know, when you grow up and you've been in that participation environment or when, you know, you have, you're surrounded by your family and people that love you, so they're going to tell you that you're great and all those things. But when I got to L.A., it got to that point that when you're with the best of the best and people that are willing, obviously, to step on your face to get where they need to go, like, you have to be self-aware enough to realize either you really do have what it takes or you don't and it may get to a point that someone's going to tell you you don't have what it takes and that's the hard thing to swallow but then it's still your choice to believe them or not right and that to me it was that's why those three years for me were such an important chunk of time because it was some of the hardest years of my life but I grew up you know because I had to be real with myself and be in an audition where I was getting down to the last like 50 people and you know then they ended up hiring you know other people but I was like cool at least I'm like making at the end of a five-hour audition I'm making it to the last 50 that's still like a pretty incredible Mm -hmm. thing versus getting lined up and getting cut within the first 10 minutes you're like what do I take from either of these things right and there's no there's no way it's easier to know in retrospect to say oh thank goodness I didn't book that job because then it wouldn't have made me 
you know, available for this next job or et cetera, et cetera. But there's no way to know that in Mm -hmm. time, which is why, like, for me, like, which is hysterical um, because this is a Lynn song from uh, In the Heights, Uh the Patience and Faith, that it is really Uh like that. And I am not a religious person, personally. I'm a spiritual person, but not a religious person. So for me, that's something that the fact that I have tried to not be a performer my entire life I have wanted to be a normal human who does a normal job who I can go and yet every time I try and leave I come back <laughs> it is like that thing but it's it's one of those things that there's there is something that I know that I was meant to do and love to do and have mm-hmm. worked so long for and when you listen to that part in your gut and you're like I'm not I can't be that delusional and you hope that you're not and then something like this happens where I end up in a crazy job and my life flips upside down. But those are crazy stories. Like, that the doesn't... The world turned upside God down. damn it! I told you! I told you! Freaking Hamill references all day! But it's so... It's like... I, I don't know if you guys yeah. have ever had that, like, experience where it just... Oh, well, God. Well, so I experienced it in a different way. Because, like... Um, so I, I, I'm in marketing. And I hit a point doing marketing where I got really sick of it. Mm. And I was like, I can't stand this anymore. It's manipulation. It's all this other stuff. And I was only looking at the negative sides of it. And so, like, this is technically marketing, right? We're telling stories where, you know, it's media. It's all that stuff. And what I I keep getting drawn back into it because I can't not look at everything through the lens of it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, every single day I'm, like, talking to someone. They're like, oh, yeah, I really like French toast. I'm like, do you? Do you really like French toast, or have you just been convinced? That you like it? <laughs> and like these things, I'm like, I'm like, it's just because they put that butter on it in the commercial, isn't it? And like, there's just like, or put bacon in it. Or right. There's like all these little things that I They've can't. Yeah. Right. There's, I'm like constantly in everything that I look at. I'm kind of looking for like, what is the angle that's being taken in selling this? And so because I can't stop that, I'm like, all right, marketing is everything I'm going to do forever. So if I can't get out of this mindset, if I can't escape it, no matter how far we run or whatever, then that's clearly where it's going to be. Because I'm going to be 50 years old and still be like, oh, yeah, you want me to come have dinner at 4 p.m.? Because all old people have dinner at 4 p.m.? <laughs> Is this marketing? <laughs> You're trying to get an early bird special, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> but it's so true. But I'm telling you, if you have, like, if that keeps coming up in the back of your mind, and for me, this journey has been impossible. Why? Why would I ever choose this? I'm sure, like, as someone who is artistic, like, why in what universe would you ever choose this career? Like, it's, (laughs) you have to be out of your mind in a certain way to do this. I have been with horrible companies, really terrible groups of people, and have been with shows that are not, like, worth your time, and they, like, don't pay you well enough for the hours that you do, or they don't pay you at all, or... So in order to justify that there has to be something else that's encouraging you you know that gets you through that and so like the passion and the way that your brain Mm -hmm. works you know that happens like my sister is a writer because she is curious about everything it is just the way her mind functions she can't go without asking questions Mm -hmm. so that is her like thing it's and not to say that that's all that i am because you know there are obviously so many other things that i find interesting but like that particularly that expression there is nothing like that you know, yeah. then being on stage and that curtain yeah. ending and being that, that feeling, I know that, and I will chase that. Because there are easy paths. Like, that's what's so crazy. That's the hardest thing about patience is, like, there are super easy, super comfortable paths. And anytime I've been on them, 
I get depressed. And yes, like that absolutely. is what is so strange about it. Cause like when, when I think about patience and like, I think you said it earlier, the perseverance, it's like, even when you take a break from auditions, it's like, that's still part of the patience. Like taking care of yourself yes, absolutely. Is, part, is part of the perseverance. Cause if you're not doing that, you can't go on an audition every day and just get, you know, it's, it's, it's like punching, you know, your way through the ring. And, and so all these things, it's like, as the years go on, how are you persevering in those, like the, the trough of failure, yeah, right? Yeah. Sure. Like, so you go through the trough and you're just like, I don't even know what's happening right now. I don't know where this is going, but I guess I'm just going to pick up the pen and keep writing or whatever. Grab, uh, yeah. <laughs> and write your I'll, way out. <laughs> I'll let you sing. Number three. <laughs> I'm gonna keep count. See how many we're going. Pick up the pen, stop writing. All right. yeah. That's four. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm really impressed, actually. <laughs> well, and to your point of like, why do the impossible, right? Um, that's like that's really been on my mind the last couple months because. You know, we worked on a business together for a couple of years, and then we shut it down back in October. And then from that, I said, all right, I'm going to work on my own consulting stuff now, mm-hmm. um, where the premise is, I basically I tell people, I'm like the Will Smith character Hitch, but for businesses. Like, I work with businesses to help them tell their story using, like, a performance lens to help them. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm still working on... And I've, I've had a couple clients, but then it's like a lull period of like pitching new clients, right? Yeah. And then getting the next ones. And in this lull period, I'm like... Each one's I'm an like, audition. You know, it, it, it definitely is. But on top of that, or in addition to that, rather, so many times it's crossed my mind, I'm like, I could just work for a company and just do the thing I want to do all the time instead of having to worry about the sales portion of this as well and then the, and the courting of the clients. So why aren't I just doing that instead? And I'm like, but there's there's clearly something in me that's like, no, you like you really want to do this on your own as opposed to for someone. Even like the the crazier thing was uh, end of November, I'd say, or, or mid-November probably. I was kind of in this like, okay, well, I can continue to work on this. I have two other things that are potential jobs that, that could be presented to me in the next you know few weeks. So, and knowing that I had. It wasn't even job offers. It was two potential. It was like two job conversations that mm-hmm. were going to come up in the next few weeks. That spurred me to action, to like put like write a business plan and like start uh, prospecting a ton of new prospective clients. You know, and I was like, wait, this is interesting. I should take note of this. That the thing that spurred me to action was like the threat of employment. So how do you guys process <laughs> your mentalities as you're trying to be patient? So like. Are there techniques you have? Like, I think you meditate every day. Like, what are the things that you do in order to process the process? Process the process. <laughs> I think it's it's having a process. I know the parts where I felt most scattered and more and the most like, what am I doing? Is when I've had zero process in place. Mm. What's keeping my what's keeping my sanity now while I'm in my rounds of pitching new clients is knowing that I'm following a process. And my, kind of like my mantra is like, follow the process, good things will happen. Right. You know? So like I know... Like all one right. foot in front of the other. Exactly. Right, right, right. It's like, all right, I'm having like meeting one. Here's what I'm trying to accomplish here. To get to, to, get to a follow-up email, to get to meeting two, to then put a proposal in front of them, mm-hmm. to then work with them. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, okay, where am I at with this prospective client in my process? 
before I had any process down, any any interaction could mean a million different things, and that's when I felt my most scattered and discombobulated and just like, why didn't I just give up? So that's what it is. It's like, it's just knowing that I have a process is what's helping me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel similarly in, it's, for me, it's been like a self-awareness of collecting things that I know that keep me at peace and keep me sane and things that I know that keep me in shape, not even physically, but mentally that I know for me, if I'm not exercising, if I'm not you know, getting fresh air. If I'm, you don't you know, have on, your bubble tea. If I don't have my bubble tea on Saturdays, <laughs> shit goes to hell. No, but really, it's this funny thing that I also meditate, and that's really helpful for me. I used to do yoga all the time, but I have a really great hip injury happening right now, which is so kind of sucks. You're a dancer. Oh, welcome. <laughs> Why do you think I'm in PT three times a week? Um, But the part that's really helpful for me, like, I know if my apartment is clean, I feel more sane. I'm Mm. a very meticulous person, so I know if my house is in place, like, that's something that brings me a lot of peace. So if I put my house back together, automatically my brain feels clearer. You know, I know that when I was in L.A., I used to take ballet and tap every Saturday. It was a tradition, like, a thing that I did, and I took this contemporary class on Wednesdays because I had random Wednesdays off when I was working for the other company. So it was, like, one of these things that I, like, managed to... And I knew if I kept that routine, that even if I was feeling like absolute shit, that I didn't want to get out of bed, didn't want to go to those classes, that it would eventually get me back to where I wanted to be. Because I knew those things make me happy and feel peaceful and feel like myself. And feeling like myself, if I'm around people too much, that's like for me having my Mondays, having my alone time is really important to me. If I don't have that time to check in with myself, then I am of no use to anyone. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing when I put myself back together that eventually something spurs. You know, if I'm cooking, if I'm doing these things that like keeping my hands busy and my brain getting to rest, it's like those things for me personally are really important. That is really, I've heard that about cooking a lot where it's like um, meditating. Therapeutic. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a moving meditation. Yeah, Yeah. like, and I I get that cleaning my room. Like I I love rearranging my room every like three, six months. Um, You know, some people clean their apartment, other people match their underwear with their shirts. Like Raj, today, today, no go. It just makes you feel good. Wait, pause, pause, explain, please, Lordy Jesus. Today I didn't because I, I got dressed like I don't know out of order I suppose, but but I generally like I like matching like the color of my underwear to like the color of like my shirt or pants. Today is an exception though. I'm wearing red pants and orange. Why do I know that? What a dream. That's all I have to say. What a dream. And then, like, the days where it's, like, I, I, 65 to 70% of my wardrobe is Calvin Klein stuff. So the, di- the days where it's, like, Calvin Klein underwear, Calvin Klein pants, and Calvin Klein shirt, I'm, like, See, and this is where Mark and socks. <laughs> like, wow, really, you match all of your Calvin Kleins, huh? <laughs> you should. Piggyback on that. <laughs> Cut to Justin Bieber. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm learning so many things. I know. So many things. Learning my underwear collection live on air. <laughs> now everyone knows. Or I guess yeah, they knew knows. before. I don't know if they did, but they now do, they, but they now, do they, now. Now they know. <laughs> okay, another thing. Oh, actually, I, I, Martin, your word for 2017 is patience. Patience. I was very surprised <gasps> when I saw this pop up on the calendar. Why did you pick that for your word for the year? Um, I picked that because... Um, so we've, we've made this big transition, and... 
um, I'm trying to build something that I want to be doing for the next 60 years. Um, I'm trying to build a consultancy. I can't think past the right? next, like, one it's, year. <laughs> like, we've never, we've always had kind of like a one-year, maybe five-year mindset, if we're lucky. Um, and I'm just, like, sitting around thinking, and kind of what I was saying earlier, where I can't not analyze everything from a marketing perspective. Like, I'm wearing a vest today, and I'm like, what convinced me that vests are good? Like, I just want to know, because it's driving me crazy. Like, I don't know... Where I saw a vest, I mean, was it like great, so. Han Solo? Thank you. <laughs> but like, was it like Han Solo or was it like Westworld or was it Mad Men? Like, what was it that I saw that all of a sudden this is like the thing that I wanted? And so, um, but the work to get from where I'm at today to where I want to be, let's say 20 years in the future, is slow. It's mm -hmm. uh, content creation. It's meeting people. It's focusing on one thing really deep instead of a lot of things very broad, which mm -hmm. we've gone very broad in the past with a lot of ideas. Um, even a year ago, I was like, maybe I want to draw comics every day. Like, maybe that's what I want to do. And, like, that is just so, like, something way over on the other side of the room, right? And so um, as I'm, like, sitting with one idea, I'm the type of person who always is thinking of something new to do. So, like, tomorrow I'm going to come up with a new, like, oh, I'm going to create a YouTube show about something. Right. Like, every day I have at least 15 new ideas of what I could potentially do. And I need to silence all of those things in order to keep on the path. And I know how much I struggle with that. So, I don't struggle with um, impatience. I'm very impatient. Mm. I want everything right now. I want to do all of the things right now. And I have horrible insomnia because of it. Now, in order to actually accomplish the things that I want to have 50 years from now, um, I'm going to have to be like, okay, I have the impatience in me. What is the thing I need to work on then? The thing I need to work on then is the patience side. So I don't have to worry about, like, wanting to do something. I have to worry about... Right, coming up with new things, the yeah, drive, right, yeah. absolutely. And so, like, quieting that part of my brain is very difficult for mm -hmm. me. Um, and so, like, even right now, I'm like, just... Oh, we're in a cool theater. Wouldn't it be cool to like try out for something? Like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, I submitted a Hamilton I, audition yeah, yeah. the other week. <laughs> no, believe me, but I I have the same thing because for me, my my like two loves in life. One is, um, like I said, I am very meticulous and very. Um, I love business in general, and I really like logistics. I'm very good with numbers and systems. That's why I ran operations for a chocolate company and then for, like, a startup jewelry company and all the Like, it was one of those things that systems and inventory and numbers, all of that makes beautiful sense to me, and I have no idea why, but it's just <laughs> something that I found that I had a knack for. But I'm not that person who has, like, the idea that I want to create this thing and everyone should have it in their house. I'm like great, come to me with your idea and I will make it happen. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people. But I also have this love. And it's a hard thing because probably if I wasn't here, I'd be applying to business school. Yeah. And yes, in maybe in six months from now, I could potentially be taking classes at the same time because I will know all my tracks and it, you know, it's something that I could kind of like, you know, I don't have to actively, <laughs> I'm not in brain exhaustion 99% mm -hmm. of the time, uh, which I would be able to do, but it's still getting to that point of saying like, no, no, no. You have something in front of you that I, yeah, I've covered three tracks, but I still have two more that I need to learn. And that doesn't mean just when I'm done, I will know them perfectly. Yeah. So it's having that ability to stay focused on what I'm doing. It makes me crazy, crazy. I've been doing this show for five months and they're 
comes days and it is an amazing show, which you know. And yet I still want to cold-blooded murder <laughs> the music and what I'm doing sometimes because I feel like I need to have my hands on two different pots. I have to have my feet in different places mm -hmm, in order yeah. to feel like a whole human because that's just who I am and how I function. But it's hard. But I have to remember that like this does require my attention now and knowing that that doesn't mean because it's not happening now doesn't mean it won't happen then. Right. And that's the hardest part of like being the trusting of that time and knowing that what seeds I'm planting now are also valuable and important and no, they're not getting me to like another dream, but it doesn't mean that I'm not gaining those things now. You know, it's not helpful now. And even in the vertical, um, so like, yeah, all right. So there's the, let's say in my life, there's the marketing vertical, there's the artistic vertical mm -hmm. and there's, Something else that I'm sure I could think of if I wanted to come up with more things to distract myself. Um, but even between those two, so let's say I stick in one vertical. In that vertical, there's 7,000 things to work on. Mm -hmm. So like in just the Hamilton show, there's the dancing, there's the singing, there's the, you know, every single, like each one of those things has a million subcategories yeah. um, that you could dive into. And and when it, when you really sit back and you look at how much there is to learn about everything, it's like you can learn about, um, so for me, like I can learn about un under marketing, there's online, digital, um, print, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and then each one of those has 70 things under it. Each one of those things has 70 things under it. And like even within the vertical, I'm kind of going crazy of like, okay, which of these things do you focus on? And so all of that kind of layers into this idea of like, okay, if, if you just take a step back and you just keep going like, every day just chip away at the most important thing that's right there that's like instead because i i like the 60 year thing because it makes me feel like i i don't have to freak out today no like that, absolutely yeah. absolutely it's that like, there's time yeah, yeah yeah i was talking to someone and and they were saying like um i'm about i was talking to someone they're about to graduate college and they're like i right. don't have it all figured out i'm like i know <laughs> and i'm like and they're like and there's only four months left and i was like no, there are 73 years left. And they were like, what? <laughs> I was like, yes, think about it that way for a second. Take some of the stress off and then go, how fast can I learn the next thing? And that helps me kind of look at it. And then also sort of saying like, there are three versions of my personality that could exist right now. There's this version of my personality that I'm currently doing. There's, let's say I wanted to become a podcaster. We're doing that right now. That's another version of my personality. And let's say I wanted to, like, I don't know, go draw or something. All three of those are real and are real possibilities and are part of who I am. Mm -hmm. I only get to pick one. And when you do it that way, you say, today I'm choosing to be this thing mm. instead of saying, oh, no, I'm only this thing. It's like, no, I'm all three of these things. Today, this is the one I'm choosing and I'm going as far forward as possible. Okay, so that gives me relief that that's the conclusion you got to there <laughs> was you, it's like a daily like for the day you choose that i thought you're gonna be like or at the moment, you can never right, do right, the right. other two no, no, no. things right right well no no i but here's how i've here's how i've mentally wrapped my brain around i'm not the other things are all good things that are things that i'm interested in and i've gotten down to um a very clear view for myself of what is it that is work and what is it that is fun because i think for a while i was trying to make everything work Mm. So I was like, oh, if I want to, if I have an interest in drawing, I need to draw every single day and I need to uh, put it on Instagram, create an account and like track it and monitor it. And no, 
if I if I'm interested in drawing, I can just be happy that I slowly get better at it over sure. the next sixty sure. years. So that's the way I look at it. It's like knowing what is fun and what is work. I think it's a tough thing when you're trying to be patient. Well, are you a perfectionist? Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is, it is, it is like the curse of being a, because you want to be, I want to know everything about everything. Yeah. Do I want to be a doctor? No. But do I want to have a degree and have gone to med school? Absolutely. Because <laughs> I want to know. Yeah. Right. I'm like, how many psychology podcasts do I have to listen to before I get a degree? Exactly. <laughs> so like, I just, I want to know. I want to know all the things about all the things. It's just one of those, you want to be all in and I wish Sometimes I do wish that I was one of those people that just had a one-track mind and a one-track goal. What a beautiful life. Just to be like, this is who I am and this is all I want to do. But to be a multifaceted or multi-interested yeah. you know, person, it's a, it's a very challenging balance because you almost you have to like have the version of your, it's, it's what is it, like the id, the ego, and the, you know, it's yeah, like split between ego, those things. Yeah. You really have to be you monitor yourself because otherwise yeah. you could just run well, off into space. And, and the speed at which I see someone else's goals and then want to make them my own, oh. I found very interesting. Like I was talking with uh, Zach Tungspang. Uh -huh. uh, so he's writing a sci-fi novel and I met him for lunch and he talked about a sci-fi novel for like... This is someone who started a spice company a spice years company, ago. Yeah. And, and so he started a spice company. <laughs> he's also a video game designer. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got... <laughs> he's extremely impressive and I, I'm like, holy cow. Um, but he talked about his sci-fi novel, and he talked about how he's right now writing one of the three books that he needs to write, and it takes place in three years of the universe, and the universe is at least a thousand years, probably more like three thousand years of, of the stories that he can tell within this universe, and he knows everything that has happened in that entire universe. And I'm just like, like wrap, wrap your brain around that for a second. It's like, <laughs> no. he, he has already written in his head the entire 3,000 year saga. And this book is just this bit of it. And I like started questioning him on it and it just went deeper and deeper and he had answers for everything. And I was like, I want that life. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to be able to do that. And then I you know, got home and was like, nope, you can't do that. Just move on, just do your thing. And like, the, <laughs> it's so fascinating how different people live their lives and because i live i'm a marketer like i just want to know how everyone does everything that's why no. we do this podcast no. i want to know how you live your life it's absolutely crazy. but i think that it's funny that you touch on that because i really actually think that like and unfortunately we like live in this day and age where like we are constantly aware of other people and other people's stories and how they got to where they are or what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis but it's not even like a realistic view mm -hmm. of that and so it's this I realize the killer and what is like the torture of, of patience is comparing yourself to mm -hmm. other people. That is, and which is why on my social media, I only follow, you know, like, and this is embarrassing to admit, but you know, like really inspiring yoga quotes or things <laughs> like, you know, just things or animals. That make you feel good. Yeah. Cats. All the cats. All the cats. All, all of the cats. And it is just, and not to say that there are, and of course, like news things and Planned Parenthood and, you know, all the things that I admire and find really important, but I don't follow celebrities. I don't follow even some people that I are coworkers or people in my environment. And even though, yes, it would be good from like a marketing standpoint to be like connected with these people. But if I have that, 
in my eye every day that I'm witnessing what someone else is doing and what I'm not doing, that will totally throw me into a spin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, a lot of people that I was with in LA, that was the killer that I was in an acting class and it was very open, the most incredible experience that people could come up and share, you know, what was going on. And a lot of times people were talking about, I am like killing myself over this freaking comparison that I see a girl goes on auditions like five times a week and I'm only going on once a week. It will torture you forever. You have to stay on with blinders somehow because yeah. otherwise you feel like you're always behind and you're always missing out. So you have to put those blinders on to remember your path and your timing. And that obliviousness is actually kind of healthy, at least in this industry particularly, because otherwise it's just torture. And we live in a time where everyone's trying to show how they got to where they are. Um, and the only way to tell that story is either one, like the whiplash, like you're either maniacal and <laughs> and uh, you like you know lose every relationship to get there, or it's like anyone could do this. You just have to put in the work. And I think that one's really interesting because did any since we're all you know we're doing Hamilton here, uh, did anyone watch the Lin Manuel like sixty minutes thing and be like, oh, so you just have to like you know sit in a room and write? <laughs> like, no, I didn't think that. No, it's like, like <laughs> it's like um, I remember like. Uh, Someone, I someone was, uh, I was, someone showed me a clip of it and was like, "Oh, so you just have to like, you know, go someplace like historical, read a book, and then you know, like write it." And I was like, "I'm pretty sure it's harder than that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like a hell of a lot harder than that." And like for some reason, the way things are set up or just watched in bits and mm-hmm. pieces, because like you're not gonna sit and like right. you didn't see the the nights where he was probably like stressed out to the nth degree. You just see him be like. Yeah, and then I just sat down, and I was like, I would sit in this chair, and I would just type. It's like, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> like, no, you wouldn't. You totally. Well, and also just down. knowing, it was like what, like a seven-year process seven year for process. the show to even come Could together. You imagine <laughs> sticking with something for more than yeah. a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you're laughing, but I'm so serious. Know. You right. know how many right. jobs I've yeah. done for only a I year, yeah. and then I'm like, I could do anything for a year. Ask me what jobs I've continued past yeah, a year. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, so the the point you made, Sam, about the the people you're surrounding yourself with, that's a huge one. Um, I want to come at it from the other angle, which is it's almost like, I know you're, you're intentionally staying oblivious, as you said. Um, Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> but the world you choose to place yourself in, I think, is also a huge part of mm-hmm. playing the patience slash success game. Because if... If you're only looking at the people who, if you're only looking at like Richard Branson and Mark Cuban every day, you'll be like, oh, why don't I have billions of dollars? <laughs> you don't have right. like the comparison of like, well, what's achievable for me tomorrow? Right. But then at the same time, and this is what I've, what is I've noticed in my own mind over the last couple months, like I have some amazing friends and they're doing successful things in their own right. They're not doing what I'm doing, like entrepreneur wise. They're doing their own stuff like elsewhere. Um, but like they're all in like twenty five to thirty years old, mm-hmm. but it's like it's getting to the point now where like okay, got married, got married, had a baby, had a second baby, and that never like really bothered me before. And all of a sudden now over the last few months, maybe it's because I turned twenty eight last month. I don't know. Welcome. <laughs> Late twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's starting to like get at me a little bit. Not like, mm-hmm. and I'm super happy for them. I, you know, the tipping point for me was 
uh, our friend Thomas Edwards, who we had on the show a year ago. Thomas, I love you, my boy. But he posted on Facebook the other day that him and his wife are expecting their first child. And I was like, super happy for him. But then I was like, man, oh, he's having a kid now, too? Totes I don't even have a girlfriend. Totes jelly. <laughs> no, but it's, and, and you never know when it's going to sneak up on you, when yeah. it's going to be like that person. It might be like that random person that you knew from high school or something that yeah. just like, like I was just in my friend's wedding. Doesn't even phase me at all, but I guarantee you when like some someone who's like closer in my life gets married, it is going to be bizarre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, wow, I'm not, don't even have well, a boyfriend. Yeah. That's a bizarre thing. <laughs> well, the, but, the guy who's writing the sci-fi book, he has two kids, is writing a sci-fi book and works full time. Yeah. I was like, He's like early 30s, right? I'm having trouble getting this one thing done. Yeah. Well, and that that all like inspired, so I was writing a new song a couple of days ago and I recorded it today. Um, and it's the song is called Voices and it's literally just about like in an entrepreneurial slash creative like journey, all the voices real and perceived in your own head and that like are happening to you from other people. And in the first verse, there's a, there's a four bars that say, um, you gotta stay on your grind. Not you gotta stay on your grind. At least that's what you say in your mind. Tell yourself to hustle and fulfill your diploma. It's different now. All your friends shopping Williams Sonoma. Look around, they were willing to grow up. And then, then. Yankee Candle Aroma. And like, that's what it's getting at for me. Like, like that line, the Williams Sonoma line, like, that was like one of the most true lines I've ever written because that, that's what I'm facing right now. And that's Is that what like makes baby me. Gap? <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that's what <laughs> you just look at baby clothes. William Sonoma. Oh no, no. Like, <laughs> baby <was> like, Gap. <laughs> not baby Gap. I was like William Sonoma. I do absolutely. <laughs> but that's where I'm at, and that's what that's what um, tests the patience mm-hmm. is when you see the people who are achieving the life milestones around you. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like in a negative. They're not, they're not doing it negatively towards you. It's just people are having their own lives as well. And while I'm still trying to figure out my own like my own life, my own business, and all that stuff, and people are accomplishing these major life milestones, that's where I'm like, man, am I doing something wrong here? Like, should I? Should I just throw in the towel, kind of thing? Right, but that's like the blessing and the curse of the time that we live in that there's really in any other universe we would not even know that the girl from high school is now there's no there's no way unless you run into them at the grocery store Mm -hmm. which for me like living in a completely different city the likelihood of me knowing anything about the people that I grew up with there's no way and me now being away from LA I don't I wouldn't know if anyone's booking jobs or not booking jobs or anything like that unless it was something that on my phone in front of my face every day and so that I find, at least for me personally, has been like a savior to that self-judgment because otherwise you're always going to feel like you're behind or you're not doing enough. So yeah. that well, has um, been a, just a savior for me. And I was talking to someone who is a middle school teacher and I said, what's something that is going on in middle schools that I wouldn't recognize mm. from when I was younger? Um, and he said, the level of anxiety that children have now, like one girl has already gone to the hospital for anxiety. And another one is like taking a like time off, and like uh, I talked to my cousin, she's like, my my kids just don't even do their homework. They say they're too busy, and she's like, what are they too busy with? They're in seventh grade, and like, um, they're all on their phones. And like, if if there was like a Friday night in sixth grade that I didn't go out, I was like, yeah, it's like so I'm just you know not cool, but it, I wasn't just like staying home and then watching everyone else go out. Like, you know, you're watching people's away messages. 
<laughs> Instant Messenger. Right, right yeah. like someone's email yeah. poem that they posted. <laughs> <laughs> XX. Mine was always Tupac quotes every time. <laughs> or, or like BRB, MI. M-I-R, mom in room. <laughs> Shut up. I think I missed that entire yeah, brief but, <laughs> but, like, that is a thing that apparently is happening where it's, like, everyone's sitting at home just watching both select. Like, there's, um, I think Gambino said that, Childish Gambino said this in the interview that you sent recently. Oh, uh, like, reporter? Yeah, he's, like, um, you've got high schoolers who used to just be hot shit in high school, but now they're, like, hot shit in the world. Yeah. It's like they're they're dating basketball players, which is like insane. And so yeah. I think yeah, like that the expanse, the 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 giantness of everything, I think is really fascinating when it comes to patience. because um, we have to battle it within ourselves as well as within our social circle as well as in the world, yeah. right? Yeah. Well and also on that, and this is the last note I'll say before we wrap up, that specific interview it was from the Hollywood reporter. It was John Favreau sitting down with Donald Glover, Lin Manuel, Issa Rae, and Damien Chazelle. Where was this? It's just it's a, it's a YouTube thing. Holy Moses! It yeah. It's what amazing. A crew. It's like the powerhouse of creativity oh, today. What a dream! And one of the things they talked about was um, what Donald Glover says. He's like, everything today is binary. It's either the best thing ever or the worst. Like, there's very few. Like, yeah, that was good. Like, and like, look at like the Facebook comments we'll have. It'll be like, oh my god, the best or this is everything. Like, no one's ever like, this is some of the things. <laughs> it's, it's, this is everything. We live in hyperbole. And that's, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the fact that we live in this hyperbole that makes it even harder, I think, to have that patience. Because if it's not the most amazing thing, we must be doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, if it's not viral, if it's not, you know, if it doesn't explode, it's not worthy of knowing or doing or, you know. And that's, that's what's living in this kind of circumstance. I am in the show of the frickin' decade right now. Yeah. Or ever. But, See, but, I just did it. Just, right, right, right. It's the greatest <laughs> but, ever. But, and maybe it's not even the show. The, whatever. The show of these last few years yeah. that when I say my job, people know what I'm talking about. Right. I have never lived in that it situation. It must be nice. It must be nice. <sighs> to have Hamilton, Hamilton on your side. <laughs> oh! What is that? Five, six, seven? I think that was six. Was that One, six? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now we're at seven. Now we're at seven. Lucky number seven. But that's the thing. That's that's what is so bizarre about like being that person and being in that environment where I have never been in that circumstance versus like now there are some kids in our in our cast that are 19 that only know that success Mm -hmm. and what a difference to know what that feels like to have to work three jobs to make a fifth of what i make now versus and have people know what i'm talking about versus being like yeah i was in a a a live show for this random band like one night in april last year you know the extent of of Mm -hmm. relatability and what people understand and so it's and I never thought that this would be at at 26 that this would be when I would have this happen or if I would have had this happen. And even so, what's incredible and not to belittle my job, but people still have no effing clue who I am or what I do. It's not like I'm one of the main ensemble or mm-hmm. you know or anything like that. We I'm still undercover even though this is my job. When people find out I'm not on stage every night, there's still a level of that patience of being like, no, I'm, 
I, I promise I'm still really good and good at my job, you know, but it's a hard thing to right. like trust. It's those, the voices that you're talking about that, that, that knowing, I mean, and Josh Henry and Karen Olivo, Karen Olivo started her career as a swing in rent and <laughs> she has a Tony, but people don't, that's not something that people. Right. We are, only see, are, we only see the end result. Right. Well, exactly. It never goes away. Exactly. You could win the Tony and still be like. I have to be patient because I want to win the Oscar yeah. in the future. Right, like, right. And that's and that's why there's no, I realize all of this journey and all of this is it's so just personal because at the end of the day, none of it matters at all. <laughs> as horrible it is, is that to realize it really doesn't matter. It's what is important to you and what patience means to you. What you know at the end of your life you want to be able to say, like, I am so fucking happy I did that and I'm really proud of myself for doing that. You have no control. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Oh, that's number eight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we need to wrap up. Although I feel like we could talk about this for like three more hours. That was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before we wrap up, Sam, let our listeners know um, where they can find you, what you're working on. Someone just flushed. Oh, like I've been looking at that. Sorry, the low deck of the Titanic. I've been looking. I've been looking at that the whole time, just going like, "It's gonna turn on." I think. <laughs> Let's hope it turns off in a minute. Oh, it will be fine. Okay. All right. You'll so, let well, us just know what you're working on, where they can find you. Um. Well, I'm working on a track for Woman Three and Woman One. <laughs> Those talk about focus. That's what I'm. I have my last two tracks to finish. But you can find me. Um. I have a website. Uh, com, and I'm also on Instagrams as Baberman B-A-B-E-R-M-A-N <laughs> who's a nickname from a friend in high school and I kept it. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, but that's pretty Was much Was that your AIM screen name? Oh no. Are uh, you ready? Yeah. Ooh. Lil Shorty 377. Uh-huh. Damn. Uh, I3 Answer Man I3 yes. It was an Alan Allen Iverson's a basketball player. It was an oh, Allen Iverson what's this reference. <laughs> I'm getting like a really nice view into this relationship. <laughs> Mine was Switchblade 1025. No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle got me a butterfly knife the day I got AIM. Oh, nice. I was like, this is going to be sweet. Oh. <laughs> All right, so to wrap oh. up, we will go one by one what giving our respective answer to today's question based on the conversation. Martin, today's question was how do you be patient i think patience comes down to uh really owning your choices um Mm -hmm. going back to that you have at least three lives that you could be living right now um you are choosing to live this one so own that choice and 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 know why you are are doing are following that path and follow it to its completion and if it succeeds great if it doesn't go try one of the other two my answer for how do you be patient um I think it comes from, I think I've been able to arrive to it or at least keep my own sanity from a combination of meditating as, and I'm not saying this is what people need to do is meditate, Mm. but meditation and then um, just from my India trip recently, just, it's, I'm always humbled whenever I go back to India because I I see what like real poverty is. Um, And it just kind of, it's like a good, these things help remind me that like as much, for as much as I don't have and and I'm still working on, I still have accomplished a lot and have a lot already. So, uh, well, in short, I could say, look around, isn't this enough? Fine. Satisfied. 
<laughs> oh, God. When we get to nine. Yeah, that was number nine. That was number nine. Sam, how do you be patient? Oh, uh, for me, and I think finding the thing, being self-aware enough to know where you want to be and finding the things that keep you at peace in the meantime, knowing yourself well enough of what you need to get from day to day and to get to where you need to be and putting one foot in front of the other. Bubble tea. Bubble tea! I love it. Oh, there's, there's no Hamilton song we can end on? Well, no. We're going to just, because it's number 10, the 10th reference, it's the... Ah. One, two, three, four, five, five six, six, seven, eight, eight nine. nine, number 10, pace is fire! <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> oh, we're good. We're, I was wondering if, what, which, which duel we were each gonna. I know. I, in my mind, I was gonna say there are ten things you need to know. I was gonna say the ten duel commandments. <laughs> we were all at different. We literally picked all three all different, three duels. different duels. So that's thirteen references. Oh, Just thirteen. <laughs> Fine. Beautiful. That wrapped up our conversation with Sam Aberman. Sam. Thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, that could have lasted an hour longer. We could have talked so much more about this topic and made a hundred more Hamill references. So thank you for your insight and taking time with us. Did you, the listener, enjoy this episode? If so, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes, as well as subscribing to the show on whatever platform it is that you listen to, whether that is iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or the various other platforms you can find in this show. Ratings and reviews and subscriptions help more people find the show. Therefore, more people get to discover their inner awesome. For full show notes, references, and resources, as well as Sam's contact information, you can grab it all over at www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com, as well as check out our 70-plus episodes we've done up to this point, and join our tribe if you're not a member already by entering your email address. We're sending you off in this one with the instrumental from the Ten Dual Commandments in Hamilton. New episodes coming to you every single Monday. Thank you again and shout out to Sam Aberman for joining us in this one. For Martin McGovern, I am Raj Nation. You have been listening to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We will see you next time. But in the meantime, take care and be awesome today.